0: Body image and celiac disease and IBS and Crohn's. It is not talked about by anybody, like at all. I, I don't know if I'm the only one that talks about it because I know, I know I am not the only one that has experienced body image issues. I just think it's a really sensitive topic that is very uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about and I want to break that stereotype and I want to break that stigma because so many people struggle with body image, body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and the list goes on. And if we don't talk about it and we don't bring light to the situation, people are going to continue to feel lonely. People are continue going to continue to feel like they're crazy, and people are not going to understand the correlation between having an autoimmune disease and developing eating disorders and body dysmorphia and binge, binging and purging and all of that stuff, so... Today, we're getting real. We're talking about why this might happen to you. I'm going to talk about my personal experience. Again, I'm not a medical expert, so I want you guys to take my experience and what I've gone through with a grain of salt. And, you know, I can talk about my experiences, but before you choose to heal yourself from an eating disorder or take any steps to better yourself, always be sure to talk with a doctor, make sure that everything that you're going to move forward with is the best decision for you. So yeah, I just wanted to make that clear. This is also a super sensitive topic for me to talk about, and it's not easy, and when I talk about it sometimes my heart races and I get emotional because it's been a really difficult thing that I've struggled with for a long time in my life. Um, My eating disorder habits and body dysmorphia did start probably in high school, before I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, but they weren't as bad like it was more just like I was comparing myself to other people and you know during that time I wanted to look a different way it was that that was it and it really never nothing really came out of it these patterns developed in my lifestyle because of routine things that people would say to me during my childhood I was when I was growing up a bigger girl compared to a lot of other people my age and Uh, After being told, like, over and over again that I was, like, too big, I constantly thought to myself, I have to begin to diet. And, like, I started going to the gym at age 16, and I constantly thought I had to do cardio, and that weightlifting wasn't good. Um, And I grew up doing sports my whole life, so there was constantly, I was a rower, so it was constantly, like, so back in the day, I'll kind of bring it back a little bit, I was a swimmer. And then, as a swimmer, you're supposed to be tiny. Then I became a rower, and then I was too tiny, so they were telling me to gain weight. So I just had a lot of different voices coming from friends, from family, from sports um, coaches on what my body should look like, and all of these ideas brought these thoughts into my head about the way I looked and. From a young age, I've just had not a great relationship with my body with food. And during these times, I didn't really realize that, though. I didn't correlate that to an eating disorder. I didn't correlate that to body dysmorphia because this wasn't a topic largely talked about at that age. Like I was 15, 16, 14, and none of my friends talked about that. Um, my family didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it with my family. It just It's something I just kind of kept to myself. These thoughts and feelings about my body would come and go throughout the years, throughout the months. It wasn't something that was, like, very consistent, and it wasn't something that really worried me at the time. And looking back at it now, it wasn't something that was, like, a huge, huge issue, but it was something that I think should be talked about more within colleges and high school and all of that. But it wasn't. But these... Ideas started to worsen in my head and in my life when I got diagnosed with celiac disease as well as IBS and Crohn's disease. And before I go any further, I just want to mention that I think it is so common for young girls nowadays to develop body dysmorphia and eating disorder type habits because the fitness and wellness industry just puts out so many marketing campaigns around. What one should be eating? Should you be eating keto, paleo, gluten-free? What workout should you be doing? Hit, yoga, are you Pilates girly? Are you doing bar? Like, there's just so many marketing campaigns that go out and TikTok trends that come out that tell you what you have to do. And it just develops this, you know, thought in your head that if I'm not doing that, then I'm not healthy. And in the grand scheme of things, the health and wellness industry is a business, and they're not always marketing to you what's exactly best for your body. They're really trying to use you as a consumer to make money. And big business does not care about one's mental health. And they don't look at these message messages and understand how they affect young girls, especially when social media is now in the hands of teenagers who are really, really young, even elementary school. This is something, like, I'm super passionate about and that I want to try to change like I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do that but it just it frustrates me so much that little girls even have to think about do I look okay at the age of like seven and eight years old because that's how early like eating disorders are starting to develop now with social media being in the hands of kids that are really young and it's like that's the time where you should be enjoying your life and eating what you want and not even worrying about what you look like and it just it's really sad to see that. So the whole point of me saying that is that if you noticed when you were younger that you had these thoughts and ideas and as you got older and you got diagnosed with your autoimmune diseases it started to worsen that's probably really common and i think it's really important when healing from an eating disorder or body dysmorphia to look back at your past behaviors and recognize when these behaviors started because in order to heal you have to acknowledge that you actually have an eating disorder. You have to acknowledge when these ideas started to form in your head. Why did they start to form in your head? How can you prevent those messages that people were sending like, and giving you? How can you prevent those from not affecting you in the future? Because these messages about the way we should look and how we should exercise are only going to continue throughout our life and with the health and wellness industry and you have to learn to set up these boundaries in your mind to kind of block out that noise and be like no this is what works for me this is what's best for me because if you continue to let those messages get to you then it's going to be really difficult to heal. Okay so now moving on when I was 18 I was diagnosed with celiac disease and when one is diagnosed with celiac disease I think it's really important and some people not or may not be aware of this But there's two body issues that can happen when you get diagnosed with celiac disease. I experienced extreme malnourishment. When you have celiac disease, you may know that continuing to eat gluten will wipe your small intestine of your villi, And your villi is a part of your small intestine that absorbs your nutrients. So it's really common for girls or guys that first get diagnosed with celiac disease to have a very difficult time gaining weight. Therefore when you first get diagnosed with celiac disease you might not know it because you might have been this weight for quite some time because you usually get diagnosed later in life, but you might be very tiny or you might have difficulty gaining weight and therefore you see yourself as this very tiny skinny person. And to you that's extremely normal. Um, Or maybe you notice that you're having difficulty keeping your weight on or gaining weight and that's because you're experiencing malnourishment. So when you don't have that villi or that part of your small intestine that absorbs your food, you're not absorbing your calories, your minerals, your nutrients, and that, you know, leads to malnourishment where you're going to be very tiny and you're going to have difficulty gaining weight and keeping your weight the same. So this is what I experienced, but at the time this had been going on for so long that I just thought that was my normal body type. Like, I had nothing, no boobs, no stomach, no butt, like, literally flat like a board on each side of me, and... I used to get made fun of that I was too skinny, I didn't have an ass, like, it was, like, everything in the beginning of my life where I was told where I was too fat, I had too many roles, I was too big for my age, now I was being told the opposite, I was too skinny, I didn't have boobs, I didn't have a butt, guys didn't want to see that. So there was always these messages of, like, what I was supposed to be looking like, and I just felt like I had no control ever of, like, the situation. And being so young in each situation, even being 18 years old and being you know, probably nine years old when those other thoughts um, that people started to tell me that was too big started happening. I was just too young to be able to like turn those thoughts off and to understand that like those thoughts and their opinions didn't matter. Because at the at that time they did matter to me. I I'd cared about people's opinion. Now I'm twenty-four, I'm like, I don't I try not to care what people think of me. So me saying that is that if you are newly diagnosed with celiac disease and you notice that you're very thin and that you're having difficulty gaining weight, that is super common for people with celiac disease because you're experiencing malnourishment from your small intestine being very damaged. For someone who experiences this, as your body starts to heal and your villi start to regrow, again your villi are probably not going to regrow to what a normal person's villi looks like and you know full absorption, but they will start to regrow. Like at the age of 24 now, seven years later, um, I do have villi in my small intestine, and I absorb my nutrients and I get my calories in, and it all works okay now. And during the period of healing. I started to gain a lot of weight and I was like, oh my God, like what is happening? Why am I gaining all this weight? My doctors never told me that this was going to happen. Like, am I eating too much? Like what's going on here? And I started to have these thoughts in my head that like I was gaining like bad weight because again of my thoughts that I've just had as a child, like about my weight and just insecurity and I was never told by my dietitian or my nutritionist that as you start to heal, your VLI will start to regrow, meaning you're going to start absorbing your nutrients again, and now you're taking in calories, like you're getting your caloric intake. So the more calories your body absorbs, the more your body is going to gain weight. So this weight is not a bad weight. This is a very healthy weight. This is a weight that's showing that you are healing, but this is not a topic that's communicated with people. So... These girls and guys are getting mixed things in their heads thinking like oh my god like i something's happening wrong here like i'm not i'm not the malnourished person and the tiny person i used to be like this is a bad way i'm going to work out more i'm going to try to lose this weight again and this is in sense developing ed type behaviors body dysmorphia without you probably even knowing it so one if you're experiencing this do not resent your body for what is happening this is such a good sign you gaining weight is your body telling you that you are healing. You are reaching the optimal health that you've always wanted. So do not try to push your body against that weight. In the beginning, your your weight when you're healing might be fluctuating a lot. Like, it might go up and down and up and down. But it's okay because in the end, it will balance out. When I was first diagnosed with celiac disease, I would go up 15 pounds. I would go up 15 pounds, down 10 pounds. Like, it would go all over the place. And now I... Um, seven years later, I'm at a stagnant, like, weight that's been the same for quite some time, so it will balance itself out. But then on top of gaining weight, which I, again, wasn't aware was going to happen, and it caused some just thoughts to run through my head, I was also dealing with extreme, extreme bloating and inflammation in my body just from consuming gluten for so long and not knowing I also had Crohn's disease and IBS- and with the bloating, I was bloated for so many years, for so long, that I just thought the bloating was my normal body. I, I resented my body so much. I was like, you know, if my body loved me, it wouldn't do this to me. It wouldn't give me this pain. It wouldn't cause all this bloating. And I wanted to do everything I could to torture it because I was just so pissed off at myself. And I didn't take the time to think, like, one, all of this is out of my control. Because, one, I'm a control freak, and if I can't control my weight and the way I look, it just causes me anger. And I also thought that this bloat and this inflammation was just more weight gain. So what I tried to do against it, I was doing HIT classes every single day, I was like so picky on the foods I would eat. If someone offered me a cupcake at age 16, wouldn't eat it, 22, wouldn't eat it, 24 now, Give me the cupcake, baby. <laughs> but I was just so resentful. I was like, I can't I can't eat anything because it doesn't matter if I eat fruit or if I eat a cupcake, I'm going to gain weight because this, this weight gain, one, it wasn't weight gain. It was just bloat and inflammation, and I didn't know how to control that because, again, there was no one guiding me through that. I was working out like crazy, but the more that I would work out, I didn't know this at the time either, the more my cortisol levels were increasing because I was doing these high-impact workouts like sprint running uh, cycling classes you know everything that raises your cortisol and when your cortisol levels increase it's raising the inflammation levels in your body so if you take a step back and think about it when you have an autoimmune disease and you're recently diagnosed and your body's trying to heal your body is in a high state of inflammation um, and with high states of inflammation come an array of symptoms um, and if you're going to do these high-impact workouts that are gonna raise your cortisol levels that's also going to increase your inflammation. Um, And this is why I started to notice, like when I was doing these high-impact workouts, I would get bloated after working out, and I was so confused on why. Because I was just raising the inflammation in my body more and more and more, and I wasn't allowing it time to like heal and take care of itself. Um, So this inflammation from working out was just causing me to feel more and more sick. And I didn't realize this until I was 22 years old that this was was going on, because I'd always seen like... You know you should do low impact workouts do yoga pilates but like i grew up doing intense workouts my whole life i was an athlete like i was a rower i was a swimmer i've always done you know high intensity training crossfit like that was my life so to do yoga i was like that sounds so boring and that's totally not a workout Boy was I wrong. Yoga is like one of the best workouts I've ever done in my entire life and I am fully obsessed right now. And when I was 22, when I started my full-time job, uh, my 9 to 5 originally when I worked in marketing, um, it was the sickest I've ever been in my entire life. I swear to God, I was bloated from the moment I went woke up to the moment I went to bed I was baby barfing. I was vomiting. I had brain fog. I hated my life. I was anxious. I was depressed because my gut health was leading to me just hating myself. I cried every single day on my way to work. I couldn't fit in any of my pants. I was gaining weight. I had inflammation in my face. Everything was just terrible, and I couldn't change my mindset to even think that anything better was going to come along. This is probably one of the worst ED situations I've ever been in I was scared of food because every time I ate I would develop these insane symptoms so my brain started to learn oh if you don't eat you feel better so don't eat because if you eat you're gonna feel sick so then I started to stop eating and I felt really good and I was like okay that's the key we just don't eat anymore Uh, no that is not the key that is totally not the key you thinking that not eating is not solving the root cause of your symptoms because I was still doing those hip workouts. I was not controlling what stress was happening in my life. I was still eating processed foods, and my diet wasn't the cleanest, and it was all those things that I wasn't realizing that was causing all of these symptoms to occur, and I also recently got diagnosed with IBS. That was under control as well, and I was thinking that the only thing affecting my symptoms was food, and that if I didn't eat, then all those symptoms would go away. But really, not eating was just masking those symptoms. It actually wasn't helping the root cause of anything. So I started to go more and more down this rabbit hole of, like, my body will feel better if I don't eat. So I started eating less. And then I started to meet with a functional nutritionist. And I, again, during this time, realized that I had IBS. And one of the best ways to help against IBS is to go on a low FODMAP diet or an elimination diet to figure out what your trigger foods were. This diet was one of the best things I ever did for myself because now I know what foods trigger me when I'm in a flare. But it also exaggerated my eating disorder and it put me into this spiral of literally getting so scared of food that I would stand at the pantry and I, I physically could not eat because I was so petrified of food. And this is when I got a wake-up call because I was standing at my... S- my my functional nutritionist told me that fruit was going to cause me to flare and that I could only eat fruit at a certain day on a certain day certain times and like only a certain serving size like 10 raspberries and i love fruit i'm such a sweet tooth girly i worked at a smoothie shop like i ate four smoothies a day which is absurd probably because that's probably definitely causing my stomach to hurt but that was what made me happy and she was taking that happiness away from me by labeling it as a bad source of food and I cannot correlate foods with good and bad because when you start to correlate pasta as bad and fruit as bad like when you start labeling foods as good and bad that's developing you know patterns in your head that you're not going to eat that certain food now because it's labeled as not good for you and if you label it as good then you will go towards it but in the grand scheme of things everything is good in moderation so again this functional nutritionist started labeling different foods as good and bad and fruit to her was a bad food and i wanted a smoothie bowl and acai bowl because i i make them all the time and i wanted one so bad but i was so scared of the consequences because she labeled that food as bad for me that i literally sat in my kitchen for an hour looking at the blender and i can picture this whole moment like it was yesterday because it was just a high intensity moment And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't blend the fruit. I couldn't even concentrate on the thought of eating it. And I was petrified. I just didn't want to feel sick. I just wanted to eat it and be okay and be happy with it. And in that moment, I realized, holy shit, Lauren, you are fucked up. Like, this is fucking crazy. Excuse my language right now. But I was like, this is so bad. Like, you should never... Be questioning whether you can eat a food because you're scared of the consequence of what's coming to come after it. And I sat there and I cried and I was like, holy crap, like this is not good and I'm not letting you do this to yourself. Um, I'm very, I'm very grateful for my personality type and for the person I am because. I am able to recognize situations and I am able to take those situations and motivate myself to get out of them. And I realize now that that's a very, a very, an amazing, uh, I can't think of the word, like trait to have in myself. And I, I didn't realize that not everybody has the ability to do that. And I'm very grateful for that now because I was able in that moment to tell myself, I don't care how hard this is for you. You are going to eat this smoothie bowl. You are not going to let yourself and trick yourself into thinking that food is bad, even though I had already developed this in my head. I was like, in order to get out of this, you have to challenge it. You have to tell yourself the opposite of it. So, it took me like two hours, but I finally put the fruit in the freaking blender. I blended it, I ate it, and I had no symptoms. And that was the wake-up call for me. I was like, look at that. You freaked out for two hours that this smoothie bowl was going to cause your stomach to go haywire, and you haven't had one symptom. And now you're so happy because it was so delicious, and your day is turned around. So my thing for this is, is that if you don't have the personality trait, which is okay, to be able to pick yourself up out of these negative situations and to recognize what's going on, with your thoughts and to acknowledge it and be like this is not okay I really recommend you working with a therapist or working with uh, a trained specialist to help overcome these thoughts because it's not an easy thing to do um, and it is so rewarding when you can finally get past the hurdle and begin your healing journey and for everyone wondering like okay well how did you fully recover I was able to do that by one like I was in this elimination diet so I had to start adding these foods back in and it was really difficult and it was really scary so like each week I would choose a food and I would add it back into my diet and if it bothered me I wouldn't fully eliminate it but I would eat you know a little bit less of it next time and figure out how much could I eat of this food without it really hurting my stomach in terms of like I'm not labeling my foods as good and bad anymore I'm labeling them as like Is this going to cause me to flare because of my IBS? You know? So, like with things like dates and prunes and like dried fruit, I can only have a really tiny amount or I can eat big amounts of it, but I just know that there's going to be a consequence of me having a little bit of a flare afterwards. Like, I'm a date fan. I went to Brazil, I was eating like 15 dates a day, and I was like, I don't care if I'm going to bloat because I want to eat them. And that's kind of the mentality you have to have. It's like, Okay, you might know the consequences, but if the joy of eating it is going to make you more happy, then just eat it and it's okay. You'll feel better like in one or two days or maybe the next day. You have to stop thinking of food as, you know, harmful to your body because food is... Food is energizing, food is fuel, food makes you happy, food is going to keep you going throughout the day and you need it in your life and you need it in order to heal your body. It is the most important aspect in you being able to overcome your diagnoses. So after, you know, reintroducing all these foods back into my diet, I also had to, you know, get rid of relationships that were causing me to question my self-worth and the way I looked. I removed friends from my life that I felt like were competing with my my like the way we looked with one another. Like I had a friend that we would go to the gym all the time and she would constantly be like my butt's bigger, like I'm skinnier, blah blah blah, and I'm like, I don't really care. And like I don't need that in my life. So I just started to remove those relationships and anyone who made me feel bad about my body, like you know, I have some family members that You know, make me feel a certain way. I would just be like, for example, I was eating pizza once, and one of my family members was like, "You're gonna have another slice." And one of my friends was over, and she spoke up for me and was like, "You're not gonna tell her how much she can and can't eat." And I just started doing more of that and being being like, I really don't appreciate it when you talk about how much I'm eating or you have a say in, like, my body because, like, it doesn't make me feel comfortable and I have these thoughts in my head about the way I should and shouldn't look and you're not really moving me in a positive direction. So I would really appreciate if you kept those comments to yourself. And I just did that the other day with another family member. I was like, uh, what were we talking about? Let me think. I can't remember. Oh, we were talking about getting dresses for something and they were like, well, like, you have a belly, you have to wear a certain dress, and I was like, never comment on my body, and I can wear whatever I want to, and my body's beautiful, and I don't appreciate you telling me what I can and can't wear, because that is not okay for my mental health, and you might not know, but I have suffered from an eating disorder, and I can't have you saying those things to me, or else they might spiral me into another episode, and I just really need you to understand those boundaries. And these conversations aren't comfortable and they're very, like, awkward sometimes. But, like, if you don't make them known, it's just going to continue to happen. And the more you hear something, the more you believe it. And the more you're going to go down this spiraling, like, hole of thinking that your body isn't good enough. And it's all about working on self-care and self-love and self-worth and looking at your body in the mirror and saying, Yeah, that's me. That's beautiful. That's unique. Because at the end of the day, you're truly never going to look like someone else, no matter if you work out the same, if you eat the same your body is different and every body reacts to food and exercise differently so you can't pick this image in your head of like what you want to be and be able to reach that because that's impossible it's like you're never going to look how you want to there's always going to be something more you can do and if you constantly put it in your mind that you have to reach this perfect image in your head you're just going to drive yourself insane And I've done it before, and I don't want you to do that because it's so exhausting, and you're never going to reach your goal. And if you can't reach your goal, you're going to get frustrated, and then you're going to introduce more working out and more diets. And you have to just be okay. You have to just accept yourself, because if you don't accept yourself now and you don't accept your body now, You're never going to fully love yourself. And I promise you, when you learn to love yourself and your body, it's so, so, so rewarding. And the more you start spinning these thoughts in your head to say the opposite of what you really want to tell yourself. Like, for example, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, ugh, I hate the way I look. You have to spin those thoughts and look at yourself and say, you know what, this is actually, this is me. This is who I am. And I have to learn to love myself, and you have to look in the mirror and say, I love all all of myself, and I'm not perfect, but I do the best I can, and that's enough, and that's worthy of love. So, yeah, so there's another side of when you first get diagnosed with celiac disease, I experience malnourishment, but some people experience the opposite, where they have difficulty losing weight, and they notice that they're consistently gaining weight, and they can't control that weight gain. Um, and I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and she kind of explained that situation. She was like, I was always a tiny girl, and I just kept gaining weight and weight and weight. And I was like, there's nothing she could do about it. And she she wasn't understanding why this was happening. And she noticed her face was just so inflamed, and she looks back at videos now, and she doesn't even recognize herself. I'm not even joking. When I look at her now versus, like, how she was when she was first diagnosed, like, two completely different human beings and if you guys follow no gluten gabby this thing this situation happened to her as well and there's a bunch of other celiac influencers that have posted before and after photos and they just look like two completely different people and The reason for this is the inflammation in their body was just so bad that it was just causing all of this weight gain to occur and this water retention, and there's this thing called moon face. So I decided to look more into this because this isn't something that I experienced as a symptom. So basically, you know, if someone with celiac disease continues to eat gluten, it causes inflammation in their body, and that can present itself within your face. And some symptoms that are really common is for someone's face to be Very red, very swollen, sometimes have some heat to it, and you can even get some acne like around your chin area. And this inflammation is not only felt in your face, but it's also felt within your body, and it can cause you to kind of blow up. And it's hard to explain, but if you look back at like any of these influencers that post their before and after, you can see that like... Uh, the puffiness in their bodies from inflammation and it's not weight gain, but in the moment it feels like weight gain. So then people are like, why can't I lose weight? It's like really difficult for me. I just keep gaining weight. And again, this is the same thing as if you were skinny and you started gaining weight. Well, now it's kind of the opposite, but it can still develop these ED-typed thoughts and behaviors because of this. Because again, you feel out of control. You feel like you have no idea and you have no way to be able to control your weight because With inflammation, your hormones are off balance and it's really because of those hormonal changes that you can't control what's happening here. So again, these are two different body situations that can happen when you have celiac disease that I feel like people aren't aware of. One, you can experience malnourishment and it's really difficult to gain weight. Or two, you can experience really high high states of inflammation where your body has really difficulty losing weight and you just gain, 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 gain. And you can't really gain control of any of that weight. With time, with both of these issues, you will be able to gain control. When you're malnourished, you will feel a point where your weight stabilizes and when you suffer from that inflammation that causes your body to be really puffy, again, one time in one day, it will come down and you will gain stabilization within your weight. It's something that you're just going to learn over time and that you're going to physically see a difference in, but you really can't let that bother you. So, overall, I just wanted to bring awareness to this situation and kind of take the stigma away about talking about eating disorders and body dysmorphia and everything related to weight fluctuation when it comes to having celiac disease and possibly other autoimmune diseases. Because I think, and I know so many of you suffer from all of these relationship issues with food and with your body due to your autoimmune diseases, but it's not talked about by influencers or doctors or really anybody. And I want you to know that you're not alone and that it is a really difficult thing to go through and that you should, you should seek help if you find that you need that. And obviously, I'm always here to support you and I'm always here to hear out your situation. I know I get so many of you that send me DMs and sadly I can't respond to every single one of them, but I do read a lot of them and I appreciate you all, you know, supporting my journey and giving me advice and sharing your journey with me and letting me know that these resources are helping you through these hard times because that's truly what the purpose of all of these, you know, of all this content that I put out is the main thing I want it to do is help you through your journey. So, Again, that was the purpose of today's podcast, and if you want to learn more about my journey with my celiac ibis and Crohn's disease, you can give me a follow on my Instagram, which is eat.glutenfreewithme, and on TikTok, my at is eatglutenfreewithme, and it would mean the world if you could leave a rating and a review on this podcast if you enjoyed it, and I love you all so much, and I will talk to you soon, and I hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful rest of your day.